morning, Hopevale. Welcome to church today, everybody. If you would, just stand. Let's praise our Lord together. church sings it out. Here we go. Hey! 
awesome. Glad you guys are here today. Hey, while you're standing, take just a second and say hi to somebody around you and we'll continue in worship. Let's sing together as Claire leads us.
God, perspective changes in 15 minutes. Coming into moments of stillness, celebration first, and thanking you for all you've done. A prayer that you would turn our eyes and our hearts and our minds on you. And yet, um, a time where we express faith even in the midst of uh, hard times. Where we all take our turn, it seems like. And God, I know uh, Sunday morning is a time for us to come to church and be still before you and listen to your, the things of your spirit and your scriptures. Thank you for speaking already today in just these few moments. God, we pray that you would continue to speak. We'll be careful to still listen. We love you, Lord. It's in your name we all pray and say. bless you friends have a seat pastor dan i think that's what you call a moment and billy when you were um praying about all of us taking our turn that is how life works right and so god never promises that he will keep us from pain. But he promises a peace that is greater than our pain. And he promises a peace to you through Jesus to be with you in your pain. And so if you're taking your turn, that's our prayer for you, is that the Holy Spirit would just flood his peace in your heart this morning. Thanks for that, Billy, worship team. Phenomenal. Good morning, Hope Val. Yeah, it is great to be in church today, and uh, we're glad you're here. I want to extend a special welcome to those of you visiting with us. Uh, maybe it's end of summer and you're getting back and thinking about, you know, church as the fall rolls around. Really glad you're here. We'd love to know you're with us. We have on the bulletin you received uh, on your way in a tear-off card, and this is your way to communicate with us. If you want to let us know that you're here and just fill that out, drop it in the offering plate a little bit, or take it to our welcome center in the lobby after the service, that would be great. Uh, those of you who call Hope Valley your church home, this is a great way to, to pass along uh, prayer requests, or if you're interested in getting involved in ministry, this card works for that as well. I want to let you know just one thing. Uh, Coming up tonight, we mentioned this last week, is Worship at the Park in Bay City. This is, uh, Hopevale Bay City is putting on this end of the summer events for really all campuses, right? And so even if you call Hopevale Saginaw your church home, this is a great way to be together with the church family and to worship at uh, Winona Park. It's right downtown, right on the river. It's going to begin at 7 p.m. Go for about an hour, and it's the kind of thing, too, that if you're coming, bring a lawn chair, okay? So we're right there at the band shell. You can picture that, and it's really going to be a great time. Also, uh, as I let you know through an all-church email we passed out, we sent out this past week, uh, this is Pastor Steve's last Sunday with us on staff. And so as part of the evening, immediately following the events, uh, right in the Bay City Ministry Center, which is nearby. We're going to host a farewell reception for Pastor Steve and Tanya as well and just express our well wishes to them. Uh, A lot of you know Pastor Steve. He was on staff with us back all the way through 2012, was in Saginaw for several years, and then as we planted in Bay City, he was our first campus pastor. And so Steve is going to be missed. He has served our church well. He has helped us lay a foundation for what God is doing through Hopevale in Bay City. So a very special evening tonight. We're praying that'll just be a blessing to Steve, to the people of Hopevale Bay City, and really to everyone involved. And so we'd love for you to be a part of that again tonight, Winona Park, 7 p.m., Worship the Park. So uh, I'm going to ask that the ushers come forward. And as they come forward, I'm thinking about just this series that we're in that Pastor Adam has kicked off for August called Scent, and we had this unbelievable church experience two weeks ago where we went out and were sent and did ministry in our community. I think a Hopevale Bay City, this vision turned into a reality two years ago, and we, uh, God has used 
our congregation there to really be a blessing. And it's a reminder that God wants us to gather for worship and then send us out, and Adam's going to tell us more about that. But the giving that you do goes to that to bring blessing to those in our community and really around the world, right? And so we give first and foremost as an act of worship, but we also give to share the light, the life, and the love of Jesus Christ with those around us. If you're visiting and you want to give, great, but please don't feel obligated to give. This is what we do as a church family to worship our God. So would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray together. Through it all, through it all, Lord, our eyes are on you. Lord, sometimes life can just beat us down and knock our eyes inward or backward. And we dwell in just all the trials and suffering and pain and confusion and disappointment and uncertainty that we go through. But God, we come into a place like this and you lift our eyes up. And when we see you, Lord, we have hope. We have peace. We have joy in the midst of our storms. And thank you that you, only you, can do that. From everlasting to everlasting, the scriptures say, you are God. And we anchor our hope in you. God, our prayer, our hearts are especially with those here today who are taking their turn, as Billy said. God, encourage them with the peace that passes all understanding that is found in you, Jesus. And so as we worship, as we give, this is just our way of saying how great is our God. And we pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. straight so far away cut down people in your name the sword was never ours to swing Jesus friend of sinners the truth's become so hard to see the world is on their way to you but they're tripping over always looking around but never looking up I'm so double minded Thank God, Satan, dirty hands and a heart divided. Oh, Jesus, friend of sinners, open our eyes to the world at the end of our pointing fingers. Let our hearts be led by mercy. Help us meet with open hearts and friend of sinners, break our hearts for what breaks yours. Jesus, friend of sinners, the one who's ready and seen the sin, be the righteous to the way, and the stools fall from us to remember we are all the least of these. Let the memory of your mercy bring your people to their knees. Nobody knows what we're for, only what we're against when we judge the world What if we put down our signs, crossed over the lines and love like you did? Oh, Jesus. Friend of sinners, open our eyes to the world at the end of our pointing fingers. Spread so our hearts be led by mercy. Let us reach with open hearts and open doors. Oh, Jesus, friend of sinners, break our hearts for what breaks yours.
awesome time of worship it's been so far this morning. So glad that you're here today. And hey, I just want to give a special shout out to anybody watching online later in the week. You know, uh, we're, we're sad that you couldn't be here with us this morning, but glad that you're catching up on the service uh, later in the week through there. So we're thinking about you as well. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we are in week three of our Sent series, talking about living like a missionary wherever God has you. And so if you're just coming into this, I want to give a brief overview of where we have been. And so we've talked about how if you're a Christian, you don't go to church, you are the church. And missionaries are not just those who serve Jesus overseas. If you are a Christian, you are a missionary. The word missionary means sent one. And this foundational verse for this series has been John chapter 20, verse 21, where Jesus himself said, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And so as sent ones, we are all missionaries wherever God has placed us. And week one, right, we didn't just talk about how we are sent. We went and did it through our Hopevale Sent Mission Project, where Hopevale Saginaw and Hopevale Bay City were sent out to purchase uh, to three different stores to purchase the needs lists of seven different local organizations. And you guys, just the way that you embraced that and went and made those purchases to bless those organizations and bless people in our community was absolutely incredible. Then last week, we talked about how we are called to live on purpose, to be the light of the world for God's kingdom. And from John chapter 17, right, we blew up that statement that Christians are to be in the world, not of the world, because that's an inaccurate, fear-based representation of Jesus's prayer for us in John chapter 17. And so here's the better construct from Jesus's prayer, that we are not of the world. We're not of the world, but we are sent into it. We're sent into it to make a difference. And so today, we're going to go deeper with this idea that we are not of the world, but sent into it. We are sent into the world to transform it through the power of Jesus. And this word transformation, right, it means a thorough or dramatic change in form or appearance. I think whether we realize it or not, you know, most days we're thinking about transformation when we get up in the morning and we look in the mirror and we're like, man, I could really use a dramatic change in form or appearance, right? We all want things to look differently, to be differently, to be different in our world, in our lives, maybe our appearance, maybe the appearance of our homes, whatever it is, right? The world loves a good transformation story. I think it's why if you flip through the channels on your television, you know, you cannot avoid the home design makeovers where in 30 minutes or less, 
they can take an old dilapidated house and turn it into the most beautiful, incredible thing. And you're sitting there thinking, hey, I could do that. How hard could that be, right? And then you start demoing and you're in like, oh my goodness, what did I get myself into? Uh, there are like fashion makeovers, which is clearly my area of expertise. Uh, there, you guys weren't supposed to laugh that much, right? Uh, health and fitness maker, makeovers, right? Like weight loss stories, things like that. We, we love a good transformation story, but here's the thing. All of those are just surface transformations, okay? We all have deep soul issues that need transformation. And the soul issues that we have, things like pride, greed, lust, envy, selfishness, anger, these are all called sin. They are sin issues. And thankfully, there is a cure for these sin issues that we all face. And so being sent into the world is all about sparking dramatic soul change in people through the power of Jesus. And so if we're going to be agents of transformation on Jesus' behalf, first and foremost, we need to have experienced the transforming power of Jesus in our own lives personally. And so that is why everything starts with spiritual transformation, this moving from death to life, spiritual transformation. Uh, Paul writes about this in Ephesians chapter 2, and I want to dig into this, ver- uh, this passage together. Ephesians uh, 2 verses 1 through 5, Paul writes this, As for you, this is everybody in this room, everybody in the world, all time. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. There's so much uh, in that passage that we we need to talk about, right? Uh, Everybody in, in the world is dead in their transgressions, but those who have moved from death to life have done so through the power of Christ by what he did for us. Um, So this is the starting point, to move from dead in your transgressions and sins to being made alive in Christ is the most important transformation you can ever experience. And it's also the most, most transformative message that you can share with others as a sent one. And notice in these, in these verses, there is absolutely no sense of superiority or some sort of us versus them as believers in the world mentality. There is none of that. Paul writes, all of us also lived among them at one time, meaning that if you have experienced that transformation from death to life, don't ever forget where you came from. We have all come who follow Christ from a place of death transformed to life through Jesus. We can't forget that. And so we are called to stay humble and recognize that we are the benefactors of the most incredible free gift of grace that transformed you from death to life. And that same gift of grace is offered free to all those who are still dead because they are still separate from Jesus. This is the good news of what Jesus has done for us. But that's not all. Just a few verses later in Ephesians, Paul reiterates this point uh, and then also points us to how we can respond. And so here's what Paul says to reiterate this point. He says again, it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. So it's Let's go back for a sec. It is by grace, it's through faith, and it is the gift of God. It is nothing that we have done, no reason that we have earned it on our own behalf. It is none of that. It is purely by the gift of God, by grace, through faith in our lives. There's nothing to boast about that in and of ourselves. Our ability to boast is in nothing more than Jesus Christ himself. 
And then he goes on and he says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so our job as sent ones is to go and extend God's grace through our good works to those who have not experienced it yet. And so from here, I want to get really practical about how we can extend God's transformational grace, the same grace that we have experienced in our lives to others. And I want to think of this through uh, the framework of local and global transformation. Practically, these are the elements that he has called us to, local and global transformation. Think neighbors and nations, local and global. So remember, we are not of this world, but we are sent into it. And so we don't sit back and wait for God's kingdom to come. We go help bring God's kingdom to earth. And so as an agent of local transformation, uh, understand that you are a carrier of God's good news and God's grace that transforms people from death to life. And here's the thing, if, if we all do this individually, then we're all doing it collectively. There's this incredible picture that uh, we are called to all do this individually. So don't just sit there and think, oh yeah, that's, that's the person sitting in front of me's job. I get to sit back and not do it. We, are, uh, we all do this individually, then we all do it collectively. And if the church is a movement of people, which it is, there is power in numbers. It's one of the things that I love about being a part of a larger than average church. Uh, there's a greater sense of impact as we all pull in the same kingdom direction. And so in order to maximize our collective impact, we have to commit to living this out individually. It starts with us individually and together it moves collectively as a movement of people to bring the kingdom of God to this earth for his glory. So how do we do that? I want us to think through some concentric circles of where God has placed us, right? So three areas, uh, where you live, where you work, and then where you commune out in the community, okay? So the first place, this idea of uh, where you live, uh, this is where you live and also who you live with, okay? This is your first and primary calling. And so uh, spouses or parents, this is a really big deal for us, right? Don't get ahead of ourselves to think that my calling is always just primarily first out in the world. No, that's part of it. But the first and primary calling is to those that you live with. Because here's the reality. Nobody else in the world can play your role at home. That is uniquely specific to you. And so treat this first place where you live as most important. And so from the places that we live, we move out a circle to the places that we work, okay? So this can be easy to think that where you work is nothing more than a paycheck, okay? But God has placed you there not just to make a living, but he has placed you there to live your kingdom calling. And that, is a sh that can be a shift in perspective, right? We don't want uh, where God has placed us at work to just be this idea that like, oh man, it's a bummer that I'm here and I'm just waiting until I can like get back to church on Sunday morning and doing something meaningful, right? Like, no, that is not it at all. God has placed you specifically where you work to be a carrier of his grace and his love to the people around you. And the beautiful thing about this is that he has done this with us across every sector of society, right? I would imagine if we went through this room and asked everybody, okay, like what, what sector of society, what business do you work in? What does that look like? We would have such a beautiful, broad representation of where God has placed his people for impact across every sector of society. So when it comes to where you work, I also want to say this to any stay-at-home moms or stay-at-home dads in the room, right? You're probably thinking right now about uh, how bad the pay is at your job, right? Doesn't pay very well to be a stay-at-home mom or dad. Um, but even if where you live and where you work are so intertwined with kids, don't forget that that calling, what you do, is actually of first and second importance for where God has placed you right now. 
So again, as I'm talking about these things and these areas where God has placed us, uh, focus on where you are right now. This is not always a matter of jumping ahead to think like, oh, I've got to do bigger and better and greater and farther things for the kingdom of God. Now start right where you are, right where God has placed you. Be faithful with and to that calling where you're at. View yourself as a missionary where God has sent you and you will feel the blessing of God as you live for his purposes right where you are. Now this really moves us to the third places, right? Uh, where we commune. It's, it's being out in the community, the community spaces, places like coffee shops, restaurants, parks, your neighborhood, the gym, libraries, grocery stores, hospitals, concerts, sports teams that you're on, repair shops, wherever it is that you find yourself going in the natural flow of your week, these are those third place opportunities that we all have to just be present, to be aware of how God might want to use you in those moments Maybe it's a simple just act of kindness. Maybe it's a a grace-infused conversation with somebody else to encourage them right where they're at. This is part of God's design as well, these third space opportunities. And so be on the lookout for, for what those opportunities are that God is placing in front of you. These third places really are great opportunities to act as sent ones in the world. But here's the thing, unfortunately, uh, sometimes those are also the spaces and the primary ways that the church has turned inwardly and followed the in the world, not of the world mentality. And here's what I mean by that, right? So instead of uh, the church getting out there and playing in a community basketball league or a softball league, uh, the church instead built gymnasiums or they built softball fields for their separate church leagues. And that, oh, that, that bothers me a little bit, right? Because uh, it, it's, it's, it's coming from a place of good intentions, but the negative consequences are really unfortunate because it moves the, the focus from the church being outwardly focused to make a difference out in the community to say, hey, let's kind of have a holy huddle and let's do a church league instead of a community league, right? So we've got to pay attention to those things. It's also you know, maybe the church who starts a school rather than help bring Jesus to the schools that already exist in the community. Maybe it's the church that focuses solely on Sunday school and building head knowledge, but they never create opportunities to put what they have learned into action out in the community right? Perhaps some of those things hit a little closely to home. I'm not trying to knock anything. I just want us to focus on our true calling as sent ones out in the community to make a difference for Christ out there and not focus inwardly on what takes place inside the building for ourselves. We are not of the world, but we are sent into it And so as sent ones, we have to be with and for our cities, not just in them. You know, biblically, we are called to seek the peace and the prosperity of the cities in which we live. We have to have this outwardly focused mindset of what God has called us to. And so to do that, right, we should be asking questions that missionaries would ask, because that's what we are, right? So questions like, man, how can I uh, be intentional about getting to know my neighbors, asking questions like, man, what, what's missing in this town? What's a need that maybe I, a, a space where there's a need that I could step into with the good news of Christ? Who are the poor, the hurting, the marginalized here in my city? What are effective ways to share the good news out in the community? How can I show God's love to those who are far from God? Those are great questions that we should all be asking ourselves individually. And then as we act on those collectively, the opportunity that we have to make a huge difference in our community is big. So at Hopevale, again, we're talking about our group life model and what this encourages us, how it encourages us to live intentionally in all of these spaces, at home, at work, and out in the community. Right? We, uh, we want you to be a part of a Hopevale group so that there is encouragement in all of those spaces. 
So these groups are not an opportunity for us to just gather together in a holy huddle and focus on ourselves. They're groups that help us focus on how we can live as sent ones for the cause of Christ at home, at work, and out in the community. And so I would encourage you to explore those opportunities. You can do that on our website, or you can do it by going to the Welcome Center this morning. And there are over 200 different types of groups that you could be a part of. And so there really is something for everybody. We want you to get plugged in. We want you to be surrounded with other believers as we encourage one another to be sent out in the world. So this is what it boils down to for local transformation. Uh, we, we need to be uh, moving from an, uh, a mentality that separates us from the world to being essential to the world. So we need to embrace that you are an essential part of God's missional movement and what he is up to. I'm asking you to commit to being a vital part of your local church. And I'm not talking about, you know, just being a member of an organization on paper or something like that. I'm talking about being an active owner as a movement of people that transforms this region. You're a vital part of that. And so commit to being, to playing your part. Because remember, what we contribute individually scales in a huge way collectively. So imagine for a moment if everybody in this room embraced these first, second, and third place opportunities that we have as sent ones for God's kingdom, right? Imagine all of the homes represented in this room. Imagine all of the neighborhoods Imagine all of the workplaces that you have been placed in throughout the region. Imagine all of the places that we all go to throughout the week. And those are all opportunities for us to shine the light of Christ into dark places to make a difference for the kingdom, to help point people to the transformative power of the grace and the love of Jesus Christ, where we live, where we work, and where we interact out in the community. I think uh, if we were all to do that, the impact of the good news of Jesus in this region would be far beyond anything that we could imagine. So God really knew what he was doing when he chose to send us out rather than to just create a building or a location for us to go to on Sunday. The, the opportunity for impact out there is so much greater than one hour a week in this building on Sunday morning, right? Because our calling isn't just for the region that we're located in, there's also a global calling that we have as sent ones to transform the nations. Remember, we can't just outsource the work of the missionaries and pat ourselves on the back. We have to engage God's kingdom causes all around the world. So the last number of years uh, here at Hopeville, we've been going through a reimagining of what our involvement in where and how God's work around the world can look like. And uh, to help bring you up to speed on a little bit of where we have been and where we're going, I want us to take a look at this, this video together. It's four minutes long, uh, but just, in, just captures the current reality in a really incredible way. So let's watch that together. Jesus told us 2,000 years ago that our mission is to go and make disciples of all nations. He also promised us that only after we accomplish that task will we receive the blessing of his return. So, how are we doing accomplishing our mission? To answer that, let's classify the 7 billion people on the earth today into three groups. Let's start with the Christians. About 33% of the world's population would identify itself as Christian. We call this segment of the population World C, C for Christian. It's important to remember that not all of the people that fall into World C are true believers in Christ. They merely identify themselves as Christian because of nominal belief in Jesus or because they live in a country where everyone is considered Christian, so they would do the same. Next, there's the 38% of the world that has access to the gospel but has chosen not to follow Jesus. They have Bibles in their language, churches nearby, friends or co-workers who are potentially Christians, or access to other Christian resources in their language. These people have access to the good news, but just haven't acted on it yet. This segment of the population is called World B. 
That leaves us with 29% of the world, just over one out of every four people on this planet who not only have never heard of Jesus, they have no chance of hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. They have no access to the gospel, no Bibles, no churches, no believers nearby, no chance to learn about Jesus. We call that 29% World A. Now on to missionaries. Only one out of every 1,800 Christians in World C decides to serve as a cross-cultural missionary. So, we can pull 400,000 missionaries out of that World C population. That's our total cross-cultural missionary force worldwide. Did you know that 72% of all our missionaries are going to World C? That's right. The vast majority of the missionaries being sent out are going to the people of the world that have Bibles and established churches. 25% of the missionaries are sent to World B, where there is already some access to the church and to the Bible. That leaves only 3% of the total missionary force to handle all of World A, the section of the population without any chance of hearing about Jesus. 29% of the world has no way to hear the gospel, but we're sending only a tiny portion of our Christian workers to them. What about finances? Annually, all those Christians in World C earn a total of $42 trillion. And together, they give about $700 billion to Christian causes each year. That includes everything. Christian nonprofits, churches, youth programs, missions, etc. Can you do the math? Less than 2% of Christian income is being given to Christ's causes. Out of that $700 billion given to all Christian causes, only $45 billion is given to missions specifically. That's a little over 6%. In fact, there is more money reported embezzled from the church each year than is given to missions. Remember those 400,000 missionaries? We have $45 billion to support them and their cross-cultural work. But how exactly is it allocated? Well, $39 billion goes to World C every year. Yep. 87% of that mission's money is being spent in areas of the world that have Bibles and churches available. 5.4 billion, or 12%, goes to World B each year, those that have access to the gospel message but have rejected it. That leaves only $450 million, or 1% of all mission's money, going to World A, the least reached people of the world. To put that into perspective, annually Americans spend more money on Halloween costumes, for their pets than get sent to World A. To summarize, only 3% of our missionary force, armed with only 1% of missions giving, is going out to reach the 2 billion people who don't have access to the gospel. 2 billion people are still waiting for the good news of Jesus Christ. So here's a question for you. What are you going to do to change that? A little bit ago, we sang the song, God, um, break our heart for what breaks yours. Man, the information in that video just, just breaks my heart because I think it breaks God's heart because God's global church is not doing a great job at aligning the resources that we have been entrusted with to God's global mission that we have been called to. Now at Hopevale, it is awesome that we invest well over 10% of our budget to missions. But the question that that video begged was what are we going to do about the information in that video? Because I don't know about you, but I am not a fan of Halloween costumes for pets. So together as an elder board over a period of time, uh, we are moving from supporting good kingdom workers to supporting great kingdom causes Things like focusing on people and places that are unreached with the gospel, church planting, theological training of indigenous leaders, business as mission, and other kingdom cause endeavors. And based on that video, I, for the sake of the global church, I am compelled to encourage you to evaluate any sending organizations or missionaries that you might give to. So please take the information in that video into consideration as you decide where and how to direct your giving. The church has to do better than the information in that video. So the global uh, transformation piece that we have been called to is to move from passive to engaged. 
George Puya is our new global missions director as part of our adult ministries team here at Hopevale. And his job is to help move us from passive to engaged. And he and I, he or I would love to share more with you uh, about some upcoming opportunities to be more engaged in God's global work here at Hopevale. Guys, God is up to big kingdom things. And it is such a joy, such an honor, such a privilege to be invited to join him in what he is up to. So as I wrap up the message today, I want to do something a little bit differently. Um, so here's what I'm asking you to do individually and collectively, right? Would you just hold the hand of the person sitting next to you? And it's going to join us all together throughout this room. And uh, once you have have the hand of the person next to you. I want to ask you to close your eyes. And I just want to read Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11 over us. And so may, the, may we receive these words as an encouragement and a challenge for the beautiful cause that we are a part of together. So let's read that. Let's look at that. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And everybody said, amen. Hopevale, as sent agents of transformation, let's take this one life that we have been given and dedicate ourselves to the purposes of our Savior, to live for him with our hearts, with our soul, with our mind, with our strength. And through the power of Christ in us, we can truly be part of transforming the world for Jesus. Let's pray. God, this is an incredible honor and privilege that you have called us to. God, we can't even begin to fathom uh, the beauty of your gift that moved us from death to life through the power of what your son accomplished on the cross for us, God. Lord, how do we respond to that? What do we do? So God, we want to lay our lives at your feet and say, I am yours sold out for the cause of your kingdom. God, where I live, where I work, out in the community, I want to be used by you. We, God, want to be used by you for the glory of your kingdom. God, we want to see everyone bow at the holy and powerful and awesome name of Jesus Christ for the glory of your name. God, encourage us. May this be true of us in our lives each and every day, right where we're at right now. God, we want to be faithful to what you have called us to. God, we want to love you with our lives because of the way that you first loved us. God, we love you. And together, we just want to express that through our lives. In the powerful name of Jesus, amen.
Hey, so you remember when you came into church today and we were really comforted? <laughs> and uh, now maybe you're really challenged? I think so much of the Christian life and so much of our relationship with God is about comfort and challenge. There's a comfort piece, I think, in the beginning of our faith that we realize that Jesus died for us and he did all this for us so we didn't have to do it ourselves, and that he'll be with us till the very end of the age and it's so beautiful. And then there's this challenge piece that he says, all right, now that you're mine, you're on my team and it's time to do my work and it's time to be about the things that I want you to be about. Welcome to church. Welcome to this life called Christianity. This is this thing that I've um, been a Christian for a long time, and I keep being reminded that this stuff is not about me. And uh, God meets me in my need, and I'm so very grateful. But I hope you're challenged today to live for him in a more powerful way uh, by Pastor Adam's uh, talk today and the scriptures that he shared. So uh, let's be reminded that love wins uh, and, and just beats everything. So let's stand up and worship together before we go. Let's go one, two, three. Lord, your love builds bridges that cannot be burned. It speaks truth that cannot be learned. We can never earn. Those places we're afraid of going It's not a fist, it's a hand wide open Reaching out to the down and broken, broken So we believe your love is the strongest way You're tearing down walls and you break our chains Even in this darkness hope will Then it turns a cheek You lay down your life for
Ah, Hopeville, we are sent this week to let the love of God win in this world. So have a great week. I hope you're back next week. We are going to talk about the heart of God and reconciliation, and we're going to take communion together. Uh, You don't want to miss it. But as you go this week, may the love of God just permeate your life. God bless you.